This is the Field of Streams Fantasy Baseball Podcast, brought to you by Fangraphs. Hello, and welcome to the Field of Streams Podcast for Friday, September 9th. I'm your host, Dylan Higgins, joined by my co-host, Brad Johnson. Brad, how are you doing this morning? I'm good. Good to be back. Yeah, good to have you back. We uh, we are doing a live show again for Friday, and we did not have one last week because uh, you were out of town, yeah? Went to a wedding, you told me? Yes, I uh, had a wedding, uh, some of my friends in Atlanta, and I uh, had a good time. That's good. That's good. Yeah, we're glad to have you back. Um, and yeah, do another live show here this morning. We have a, a guest with us. We only got a few weeks left in the season, so we're rounding up our, our favorite guests to come back. And Yancey Eaton is joining us live on the show one more time this year. Yancey, how you doing? Dylan, Brad, I'm doing fantastic. I don't know if you guys stayed up to watch some National Football League last night. I did. It was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, it's not baseball. I'm not going to be one of those people who acts like they like football more. But sure. baseball is number one in my heart. But it was it was nice to have some football. Sure. I started scaling back the last couple of weeks in action just because the, the edge is so small in DFS because there's just so much data out there. There's so many lineup providers and, uh-huh. and sites yeah. that are just giving people all the plays and stuff. Uh, I learned last year, like, as the season progresses, you actually have to scale back action because the edge just gets so small. But it was nice to watch football last night and nice to talk about baseball today. It's a really, really nice 15-game site today. Sure. Well, that would explain the uh, the hat that you're wearing here. Oh, no, that's not actually an Eagles hat. No? That's a Florida Gulf Coast University hat. Oh, pardon me. <laughs> Common wow. misconception, yeah. I went there, Chris Sale went there. Okay. We're, yeah. we're, as far as people that went to FTCU. Sure, <laughs> yeah. I was like, it looked like a weird, uh, different Eagles hat. But yeah, we are, we are doing a live show. If you're listening in the future, uh, via, via the podcast, we're doing our, our Friday live show. Um, so if you join, you can watch us with webcams wearing our, our silly hats, but, uh, but yeah, um, and yeah, like you mentioned, DFS has gotten a little weird. It's September. Baseball is weird in general. A lot of stuff going on, but also a lot of data to to deal with, uh, and and it makes it kind of different. Uh, your your approach tends to be stay away though a little bit. You feel like it's not stay away. It's scale back because even I mean you got to understand too with roster expansions, mm-hmm. players that were almost always guaranteed three or four at bats are now getting two or three. You're seeing a lot more substitutions mm-hmm. and just it's just a mess. I mean, and I, I can't yeah, tell you yeah. how many times last year we're like I was coasting or you know I was really really high in a GPP and you you need that production you 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 account for that production ahead of time and to see like your you know I'm trying to think of a good example but like you know seeing Bryce Harper sub for like Clint Robinson or something mm-hmm. of, of like that ilk is like really really frustrating. Obviously that's a, a bad a bad example, but you know what I mean. It's just. Yeah. It's difficult, and there's always weather issues, and uh, it's just it, it's minus EV to continue putting out the, the same amount of volume as you did earlier in the season. Yeah, Matt and I have had fun, weird issues in terms of our streaming contests, just because of September pitching call-ups and like weird lineups, and mm-hmm. September's just weird, and it comes up every year talking about how this like basically infinite roster thing just does such weird things in such an important time of the year and i don't have strong opinions about it other than i recognize that it's goofy and it's weird brad is september dfs different for you in terms of strategy uh it, it kind of depends on how i've done earlier in the year uh mm-hmm. this year uh hasn't been my best uh so i've have already scaled back uh, considerably mm-hmm. and uh st- still doing fine on DraftKings. i had a bad year on FanDuel. i'm done with them i've cut my losses, uh, but I'm still doing fine on DraftKings, uh, still going strong there, uh, putting in like 10 to $15 a day, so not like really a big investment, but 
I, I never really go too far above that anyway. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably top out around 20. Sure. Uh, right now, I've been using a called a bit of a weird strategy. Basically, it's you can characterize it as fading. Uh, a lot of stacks that aren't popular, coupled with you know a couple individuals who I think will be good, but again, not popular. Uh, one of the things I've really been looking for and using a lot are uh, positions with teams where they have multiple players that are good at the same spot. So I think the Indians at first base, the Yankees at catcher. Uh, I, I like that when you can split up the, the action. Uh, if someone's using a Yankee stack, they're going to focus on Gary Sanchez. Uh, last night, I used Brian McCann. He hit two home runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was pretty happy with that. He wasn't popular. I uh, got me some money, even though the rest of my lineup really didn't do all that much. Yeah, and that makes sense. And then, you know, like you mentioned, it means you, you like Mike Napoli at times, I suppose. Yeah, you're, like you're Mike Napoli, B. like Carl Santana. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's definitely a thing. And then, yeah, we got all these pitchers coming up that the whole pitching side of it can be really weird. And it makes for, you know, guys you want to exploit and also dark horse guys to use. Uh, it's weird. It's weird. Let, let's go oh, ahead and get into you, these. You uh, end up... Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, you, just, you end up with so many pitchers you can't use because there's, they're so unlikely to go beyond six innings. Yeah. And so that really condenses the, the pitching pool. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get people using the same six guys, basically, sometimes. Yeah, it, it's weird. Well, and then the Friday ones are also extra weird because there's so many options. It's such a huge, big, you know, 15-game thing that there's a million places to go. Yeah. Um, Brad, you also have a... Uh, a Field of, or pardon me, a daily grind invitational going on as well. How, how have those been going? Yeah, so losing a lot of steam with those. Uh, yeah. It's been a week since we've gotten one of those to run. Uh, I'm considering today kind of last chance to get a little more, uh, a little more headway on Fridays usually in terms of getting it filled. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it doesn't get filled today, I'm just going to call off for the rest of the year. We've had a good run. Uh, yeah. We'll bring it back next year and have a good time with it. Do you feel like a big part of that is football as well? Yes. Definitely yeah. football. And then just to, like kind of as Yancey pointed out, everyone scales back over the year. You can only, you, you have 9% of people who are actually profitable playing DFS. Mm. And so that means that pretty much all of us who are playing these contests haven't been po- profitable this year. And, you know, at some point you say, I've lost enough. Yeah, that, that makes sense. September is things winding down, but, uh, if you're still playing, still opportunities, and if you're in your regular fantasy league, there's still lots of time to catch up. I feel like these few weeks, a lot of a lot of points can move around. Um, okay, yeah, let's go ahead and get into the this Friday slate because it's a big one. There, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of places to go. Um, we start at catcher, Brad. I'll let you get us started. Catcher, I actually had trouble with. I don't know about you. I did fine at every position, but catcher, I only had a handful of options. Um, Brad, who are you looking at behind the plate for Friday? I think we have a few obvious names we can go after. Uh, mm-hmm. Jonathan Lucroy really stands out with the uh, lefty Tyler Skaggs. You have Angel Stadium, which is obviously isn't ideal, uh, but otherwise it's a good matchup for Lucroy. And uh, always nice to see that lefty already with him, even though I'm, I'm starting to get away from, from most players worrying about the lefty-ready splits as much, especially right-handed hitters. It's a bigger deal for lefties, but a lot of the evidence shows that righties don't really have true splits. They're small. Uh, there's some guys who I, I believe in having splits, like mm-hmm. a Brandon Geyer type. Uh, Matt Joyce, uh, actually, he's a lefty. <laughs> that, but uh, it's uh, it, it, there's a few guys out there who, yeah, I believe in their splits, but for the most part, uh, I'm, I'm kind of getting away from buying into that too heavily. 
especially because a lot of people really pay for it. So just a way to fade basically nowadays. Yeah. Um, moving on to other catchers, uh, Evan Gaddis, uh, decent homer option against lefties. Uh, just kind of downplayed that, but uh, I don't mind the matchup against John Lester. He's slightly homer prone against right-handed hitters too. Uh, so you got a good ballpark. You got a guy who's a little bit all or nothing. I think he fits well in GPPs. Mm-hmm. And uh, in a different slate, he might be unpopular because he's facing Lester. He might be popular today because of how things are laid out, and that interests me less. And then the other guy I really like is uh, Wilson Ramos up against Jake Thompson because Thompson's just not very good yet. Yeah. Yeah, he's an interesting prospect. You know, he's not a no-name guy, but he has not done much in the major leagues yet, you know, at all. So uh, he's, he's going to be a contact management pitcher at some point in his career, and those guys always take at least a year to get going. Yeah. Um, well, I, I'm in there. I like the national stack for sure, but I also on Thursday was all in picking on uh, Alec Asher, <laughs> and uh, Nationals didn't do much there. I was hoping mm-hmm. they would. Um yeah, but but Ramos is fine. Anybody in the Nationals lineup you think is okay, it's fine. I'm ready to pick on uh, Thompson and basically the Phillies bullpen, too. Um, Yancey, who do you have at catcher that uh, that we haven't gotten to? Well, you're right. The, the catcher position is probably the worst of the entire slate. It's just there's not a lot of really good options, which is surprising considering that there are a lot of trash pitchers going. Um, there's just not a lot of spots that I want to use. I think Lucroy is probably the chalk. Most people will be using him. I don't mind Gaddis as a GPP play against Lester. Lester's not bad, obviously, but um, Gaddis, the last 30 days, I think he's like the fifth or sixth hottest hitter in baseball with, uh, when you look at OPS. Um, I'm probably going to go down to uh, Salvador Perez. He's only 3,300 against uh, Carlos Rodon, so he has a platoon. It's not something I feel super strong about, but if I'm not using any of those guys, um, Buster Posey against Shibley is like super, super expensive. I'm probably not going to use him either. It's looking like a uh, like a Tucker Barnhart, like one of those scrubs kind of days. Um, I'm not really looking to invest highly in any of these catchers. Um, so it's the uh, the corny, stereotypical wait till lineups come out and then find the cheapest catcher you can who's batting anything above eighth. Mm-hmm. Um, I would recommend normally, like, this is a spot where if you can't figure out what to do, you recommend vote because he obviously is a left-handed hitter and he almost always has a yeah. platoon. But it's in Oakland. It's against a, an okay pitcher. Uh, that's something that I'm, I'd probably avoid, too. There's there's not a whole lot of options. If you want to get really cute, you can go with Sandy Leon in Toronto against Estrada. Um, I can't believe I would ever recommend Sandy Leon, but he's actually been pretty decent this year. Uh, other than that, just like I said, wait for lineups to come out, as cliche as that sounds. Yeah, I had Sandy Leon. We just keep picking in DFS and recommend him because he just doesn't stop hitting. And I, you know, you're like, I don't necessarily believe this, but until he stops, you kind of got to roll with it. Um, yeah. Estrada's kind of tough, but I agree. Um, and yeah, I had Steven vote, but I was kind of like at that point, like, I don't know. I just need some more names. Um, if I'm going to pay, I like Lucroy. I think that's the, the place to put money if you want to put money at catcher, but I also agree that it's maybe not a day that I'm doing that. Um, Last two names I had that you guys didn't mention. Um, you could do Wilson Contreras, getting Joe Musgrove, actually kind of like the, the Cubs stack he's had. He's talented, but has had some issues. And if you want to if you want to pay, you can go there. Um, or uh, do you guys like Mike, Mike Zunino, getting Daniel Mangdon? Um, Daniel Mangdon has struggled for, for a while, uh, and Mike Zunino's been good. So, I mean, it's not the platoon advantage for him. But, uh, Brad, are you still in on Mike Zunino? So... 
I want to say yes, but he's really turned back into old Mike Zudino. All yeah. Of a in a hurry. Yeah. Strikeouts <laughs> everywhere, not hitting anything. It's yeah. I, I want to say that I still believe that he did something in the minors that it's carried over as this is just a little blip because mm-hmm. that could be what's happening. Yeah. Uh, but we, we have this much larger sample of who Mike Zunino is, and yeah, it looks like that. Yeah. <laughs> to those of you watching, or to those of you who are listening with audio only, you can't see, but Brad is, he looks physically uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> By thinking about Mike like Zunino, this. just going, <laughs> no, there's too much uh, too much 2015 in recent memory. The, the, the thing is, like, he, he's still one of the most likely catchers that drew him runs, and that's like a, a real game winner for you if you get it. Yeah. Uh, so it, I, I feel bad completely saying no to him, uh, just because he, he, he can be a winner for you. Yeah. For me, it's as much a Mike Zunino pick as a Daniel Mingdon pick. Like, right. I, I, have a, I have a number of Mariners here, uh, just because Mingdon's ERA is, is sky high and the bullpen's nothing special. But I agree. I, I mean, like I said, there there's just not a lot of catcher options I like. I'm kind of with Yancey on find someone real cheap who you feel okay about, you know. Uh, if you can squint and maybe see a home run or a couple RBIs out of a guy for a close to the minimum, I'm like, that's fine with me. You know, it's it's catcher. You, Yancey, you like to punt at catcher a lot, and today's as good day as any, yeah? Yep, that's all I do is just punt at catcher. Yeah. Almost never. I mean, I, I got in a little bit with um with Gary Sanchez during that little hot streak just because you'd be stupid not to, but he's obviously cooled off a lot too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, 99% of the time you should just be paying down at catcher. Yep. Uh, Brad, anybody left at catcher you think needs to be mentioned before we move on? No. No, I think we can move on. All right. How about first base where there's actually hitters who should feel good about their matchups with? Uh, who are you looking at there, Brad? Uh, so, I guess we start with those Indians. I mentioned I like those kind of splits. And mm-hmm. uh, you got Carlos Santana and Mike Napoli up against Tyler Duffy. That's one of the weaker pitchers in the slate. Uh, both good matchups. Uh, target field's actually better for right-handed power. So if you're thinking about trying to find the less popular guy who might still be a better play, it's probably Napoli. Mm-hmm. Uh, Santana's also obviously a very good play in this one, too. And uh, so, go Tyler, ahead. Tyler Duffy's actually had, uh, at least this year, even more problems against right-handed oh, yeah. and left-handed. I mean, he's been terrible against both, you know? Um, but he, he's been worse against righties, so Napoli going there is, you know, thumbs up for me. I think that's totally fine. Uh, there, there's a couple guys at the top of the pile, if you have the money for them. Uh, Anthony Rizzo against Joe Musgrove. I, I like Musgrove a lot. He's another one of those contact management guys, and he, he's a little bit more advanced than most of them when they reach the majors in terms of uh, making good use of his stuff. But, you know, it, it, there's still going to be a work in progress. He's still going to make mistakes, and that Cubs lineup is so tough. Uh, you get into a long inning, and all of a sudden it can all fall apart for a young pitcher like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like Rizzo. I like other Cubs. I think that you know if you can afford the stack, and that's a whole other matter, it's going to be difficult. Uh, that, that's a place where you can get big production without necessarily sharing a lot of options with other people. And then I also like Freddie Freeman as one of the expensive guys. Uh, he's up against the Mets today. Uh, Robble, Robert Gisselman, uh, I think that's... Outside. I haven't listened to the broadcast yet when he's pitching. So everybody says it differently, so I really don't know what to say. Yeah, I'm like, I believe you. Sure. <laughs> just Zelman, Zellman, something like that. I'll, I'll have to make a point of listening to it tonight, just so I can be sure I'm pronouncing it correctly in the future. 
Yeah, uh, I just want to check baseball reference, and they don't have a pronunciation yeah, on them. So I, I looked at it, too. <laughs> so, good luck. Uh, yeah, but yeah, you, you're not worried about him. You think Freeman can handle him just fine. Yeah, I, I think he, he's not someone I really expect much of as a starter. He's a fine reliever. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, he's done well enough so far, but that doesn't mean he's going to keep doing it. You know, scouting reports are going to catch up. Mm-hmm. Part of me is, we'll get to this in pictures, I'm, I'm like mildly interested in him just because he gets Braves, but uh, but not Freddie Freeman at least. Freddie Freeman should have a, a fine matchup against him. Yancey, who do you have at first base that stuck out to you? Uh, I like Rizzo. I think 5,600 is a little egregious. Uh, Musgrove has been bad, but it's not like he's a complete gas can. Um, in Vegas, they actually have the, the Cubs as like the 13th highest implied team total of the day at like uh, just over four runs, which is kind of unusual. You wouldn't really expect that, especially being in Houston. Um, so Vegas thinks that it's going to be a relatively low-scoring game. Um, I do think that David Ortiz against Estrada in Toronto is the absolute chalk. Um, he's going to be really, really highly owned in GPPs and cash. Um, I don't really think it's like a <coughs> – excuse me. I don't think it's super, super uh, advantageous to fade him. Like I'm going to have him in probably all of my cash games just because he is such a, a fantastic play. And anytime you're ever trying to decide between like David Ortiz and two or three other first basemen, you just always go with David Ortiz – um, I, it's it's worked out all year. He's shown, you know, virtually no signs of slowing down, so I don't mind that play at all. Uh, Miguel Cabrera against Gaussman, also, I'm mm-hmm. super in love with that. I I think Brault, Brault is uh actually he might be a lefty. Um, I was gonna recommend Joey Votto, but I think that's lefty <laughs> on lefty. Um, so yeah, just re- yeah, disregard that. I'm right there. And lastly, that. I had I had Brandon Belt against De La Rosa in Arizona. There's there's one thing about West Coast games, and a lot of people don't really pay attention to this, but there is, like, a real East Coast bias when it comes to these games, simply because there are players on the East Coast who are filling up their lineups, and they're looking for green check marks just to make sure that somebody's in the lineup. Oftentimes, these are people who are just playing a little bit before they have to go to bed at 8 or 9 o'clock, so these games are starting whenever they're already asleep, so they're not going to run the risk of a player not being in a lineup. Uh, So if it's one of those things, if you can pay attention to it and, and monitor those West Coast games, and those, you know, as soon as lineups get posted and stuff, there's a lot of game theory involved in playing West Coast games. Other than that, I don't really think there's a whole lot of plays at first base. I mean, you could go E5, but like I said, in that game, I prefer, uh, Bertel has been pretty good. I prefer to go on the other side with Big Poppy. That game has me, the, both both offenses are awesome, and both stacks are awesome, but Rick Porcello and Marco Estrada are both good enough for me to, like, at least on a day with 15 games to pick from, I'm, like, trying to look elsewhere. I don't think you're crazy at all for picking guys like E5 or Ortiz, but I'm also, like, those are good enough pitchers to keep me shying away. I don't know. I will say this, too, not to cut you off, but... No, um. If you look at all of the Vegas totals, which obviously Vegas isn't the gospel, but um, there isn't a single game out of a 15-game slate that is has a, a run total over under nine, which is really really unusual for a full game slate. Normally, you'll see a you know a 10 or a 10 and a half or 11. There are none like that. Obviously, they're not playing in cores, mm-hmm. and that's just to me that suggests that maybe uh, a full game stack isn't really probably the the ideal play. You're going to be cherry-picking, like, individual plays from each team. We're like, you know, I'm not going to stack the Red Sox, like you're saying, but, you know, I might take just Big Poppy, or I sure. might just take E5 kind of thing. Sure, um, yeah. But not not full game stacks today, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think you, you'd be crazy at all. It's just, you know, kind of looked at it and got kind of like, eh, I don't, I don't know if 
something to do there. Um, I really like the Miguel Cabrera one you, you, you mentioned. Uh, Kevin Gosman has been awesome lately. He has three straight scoreless starts, uh, <laughs> but he's a righty that struggles with righties, and there are a couple tigers that are, there's a lot of right-handed tigers, um, but a few of them that excel against righties, and Miggy's one of them. Miggy is doing, you know, also not showing signs of age. He's hitting just fine. Uh, that that's a totally fine matchup for him, and I think some people might shy away because Gosman's been good, but uh, that weakness. But, but Mickey has been better. If yeah. you see, like, I think like in the last thirty days, I seen a tweet yesterday. He's literally slugging like six hundred. Yeah. He's just he's absolutely locked in right now. Yeah, yeah. I, I picked him earlier in the week against Chris Sale, and two home runs turned out really well. Yeah, and no one was in on that. So that I, is such an apple play. That is a fantastic play. I yeah. wish I had the, the guts to do it. Yeah. Um, speaking of real hot, Jose Abreu is pretty, I, mean, I wouldn't say quietly, but he's been on fire for over a month. Uh, and he gets your down of Ventura. Um, I like him. We've also been looking at Justin Morneau a little bit. But uh, Brad, do you, are you in on either picking on your uh, with either of them? Your looking pretty good in the second half here. You know, it's, I don't hate the idea of going after him at the same time, but it's not someone who I'm eager to get a stack against, especially White Sox. They just, Mm-hmm. They come out flat so often. It's they do. Kinda, it's kind of painful. <laughs> they do. I, I don't usually pick them that much. I just felt like Jose Abreu uh, deserves some love for being right I, I think I used like them a few times through April, and I like, just swore off them. I'll, I'll take oh. like a Melky Cabrera when he's really cheap or something, like yeah. just to fill in a spot when I need a bargain. That's it. I don't blame you. I don't blame you. Like I said, just I want I want to give Jose Abreu his thirty seconds of love. Be like you've been you've been on fire, but your team is still yeah. uninspiring. <laughs> um, last two names I had at first base. Uh, I want to mention Kendrys Morales also getting Carlos Rodon. He is always kind of preferred lefties and is doing fine against them this year. And Rodon has his struggles uh, when he doesn't have the platoon advantage against right-handers or switch hitters. So. Um, if you want to go look for an alternative option, I don't think Kendrys Morales is crazy. I don't love it, but uh, it'd be, you know, more of an alternative pick. And then uh, Brandon Moss and Jimmy Nelson. Brandon Moss is just having a good year, and there's pop there, and Jimmy Nelson continues to be very whatever. He's not bad, and at times in good matchups, I like him, but I think Cardinals can beat him up. So I'm thinking about uh, Brandon Moss, hoping he runs into one, too. Um, Brad, did you have any first baseman we didn't mention? I think you could consider Adam Lind. Uh, mm-hmm. We're at that point in September where th- there's a lot of right-handers on that uh, Mariners bench. and uh, they bring in that lefty reliever, he's probably going to get subbed out. Uh, so that kind of hurts, uh, especially when from a first baseman. You really want to count on production there. Uh, but he's cheap today, Lind is. He's up against Daniel Mengden. I think that's fine. Uh, another guy you could go with is uh, Pedro Alvarez against uh, Fulmer. Uh, Fulmer's been... Showing some signs of maybe wearing down, or maybe he's just you know, had a, three straight bad starts and it's nothing. But uh, not looking quite as sharp as he was earlier in the year. Strikeouts haven't really been there for a while now. And uh, Alvarez His velocity's dipped as well too, just yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Alvarez has hit really well all year too, aside from that early season slump. Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I like that play too, and uh, that should be pretty unpopular, I think. Yeah, uh, I'm totally fine with that, honestly. Uh, yeah, I like Alvarez. And if you want to pay for Chris Davis, you can. But, but kind of like an Alvarez is the, the cheaper, younger brother uh, in DFS a lot of the year. Um, Yancey, any first baseman left for you that need to get mentioned? Nope, that's it. Okay. You want to get started at second base? Who are you looking at there? Uh, second base, let me just say that I love what the Nationals have done with Trey Turner, where he's second and outfield eligible. 
kind of like what the Cubs did with Chris Bryant, where if you say I really want to play Josh Donaldson at third, but I still really want to get into maximal Chris Bryant, I can move him to the outfield. Trey Turner being second and outfield eligible is just amazing, especially on a day like today where uh, the Nationals have the highest implied team total at uh, just under five and a half. So obviously that's if, if you're looking to stack one team, it should be the Nationals or maybe the Pirates or Indians. But um, obviously I'm in love with Trey Turner. Leads off, hits home runs, steals bases. He's an elite base runner. Uh, just He does everything. Um, so I'm, I'm likely going to be pairing him and Murphy. I think they're both elite plays. And uh, this is as close as I'll get to an actual game stack. It's just maybe having two or three nationals in one lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I like him a lot. Uh, Logan Forsyth, Forsyth. <laughs> Logan Forsyth leading off against Pineda. Um, he's been fantastic since he's come back. Um, I mean, hitting for tons of power. He's making tons of contact. His batting average isn't you know as high as you might expect it to be, but still just a fantastic run producer, and I don't mind that play at all. Um, I also wrote down Kipnis. That kind of goes without saying. Kipnis is a decent play. And uh, Jed Jerko, uh, obviously he's right-handed, but 21 of his 26 home runs have come against righties, and he's playing against a bad one today. Um, and my last punt play, Brandon Phillips, is only 3.6 on DK. He has a platoon against uh, I can't, remember, I don't even know how to say that guy's name. Pronounced Brault. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, so Brandon Phillips is probably as low as I'll go at second base. This is the one position this year where DraftKings has kind of like fluctuated a little bit, where second base and shortstop always used to be just super, super cheap. Like if you added up all the salaries from that position and compared it to others, it was probably next to last after catcher. This year, though, just because of like the guys like Carpenter and stuff, it's one of the most expensive, and I'm almost always paying up for it every single slate. Yeah. Uh, I like Phillips, though, as a cheap option when he gets a lefty. Like, there's still something left in the tank there against lefties, and so oh, yeah. I like that if you want to go cheap. Um, I was just marveling the other day over the Trey Turner trade again, just being like, oh my goodness, like, That's at least on, uh, on the Nationals. <laughs> you could be on the Padres' side of it, man, I guess. I don't know. It's, it's definitely, ugh, yeah. Just... Well, you remember, it was the three, there was three yeah. teams involved. Oh, sure. Tampa, Tampa came out of it with just Steven Souza, which is, like, really... Like, not funny. Tampa came out of it with the <laughs> least, but I feel like the, the Padres gave up the most, though, just in terms yeah. of, oh, goodness. Just looking at Nationals, and now that Trey Turner's doing what he's doing, you're like, you, 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 oh, goodness. I don't know. Uh, weird trade, looking back for sure. But I agree, you know, you got to love Trey Turner and what he's been doing. It's been, uh, it's been awesome. Um, Brad, who are you looking at at second base? Uh, so I mentioned a lot of the good ones already. Uh Robinson Cano's up there, expensive, up against mm-hmm. uh, a beatable pitcher, Daniel Mangdon. Like Matt Carpenter, pretty much any day. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's one of those high floor, high ceiling types. Uh, you're going to get something out of him most days, and some days you'll get a lot. Uh, so I always like him. Uh, there's not too much more that I really am excited about. I, I like Ryan Schimpf and GPPs pretty much always. Yep. Uh, I, I like the matchup specifically against Chatwood. He's a ground ball pitcher. Schimpf is pretty much the most extreme fly ball hitter I've seen in a long time. Uh, it's really high hard contact rate and just an insane fly ball rate. It's a pairing that re- usually doesn't really exist. Uh, so he, he punishes the ball. He's up against a ground ball pitcher, which is a really good matchup for uh, someone with his fly ball tendencies. And this, then, week, uh, uh, this week on the show, Matt introduced me to Ryan Schimpf's nickname, uh, apparently is Jumbo, and I thought that <laughs> was <Jumbo>. remarkable, <laughs> and it immediately stuck. Yeah. That's, that's, that's excellent. Yeah, I yeah. was like, all right, cool, I'll never not call him Jumbo Schimpf, so uh, 
Yeah, and, and he's hitting like that. So, no, I like that a lot, too. I agree. Uh, last one I'll highlight, uh, DJ LeMahieu. Uh, he's at sea level San Diego, uh, so you're not going to get any real power out of him. But that's not why you pick him anyway. Uh, he, he gets some singles, uh, hope for one of those three, four-hit games ahead of some of the big bats in that lineup. Yeah, no, I, I like that. Um, I, I like all those names. Uh, I have... Two you guys didn't mention. Uh, one I'm actually excited about. I mean, you can do Ben Zobrist if you want a Cub stack against Joe Musgrove. That's fine. Um, but the one I'm excited about that you guys didn't have, Starlin Castro gets Blake Snell. And I don't know if you guys have noticed this, but uh, the big thing lately is his ridiculous home road splits is mm-hmm. on the season 610 on the road, which is stinky. 849 OPS at home. Uh, loves hitting Yankee Stadium. Uh, he gets Blake Snell, who I like. Uh, but, you know, he's left-handed, and that's actually, you know, he struggles with righties. That'll be good for Starlin. Starlin, in his career, has preferred lefties. Um, and, yeah, that 849 OPS at home, batting in a decent spot in the lineup uh, at second base. Uh, Blake Snell, who is crazy talented, has kind of a high whip now, might, might be in for some regression. I don't know. I'm totally fine with uh, Starlin Castor here, a guy I'm not usually excited about, but there might be some hidden value. Um, Yancey, are you in on Starlin Castro at all? Or yeah, like, Snell. it's just a, a tournament play. I mean, Blake Snell, I've seen a lot of really promising stuff. I'm, yeah. I'm not saying that he's elite at this point, but you can see, you can see where the excitement is. I mean, he, yeah. Oh, yeah. he, he's just, he's just like Matt Moore in a way where, I mean, he looks like Matt Moore. He's left-handed like Matt Moore, has some control issues, but he can literally strike out like seven and in three innings, like no oh, yeah. problem. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there's a nice floor there. I mean, he's kind of like a Carlos Rodon too, in some sense, you know, same kind of profile. I, I do like that play. I'm not going to use it in cash at all, just because I, I never use him in cash. But it, I mean, that's an elite tournament play. I don't think a lot of people will be on it either. Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't notice until like this week, but those home road splits are kind of nuts, and it makes sense. But uh, yeah, he's in Yankee Stadium, so I, I'm fine with Starling Castro in New York and not anywhere else. Okay, let's move on to third base. Brad, you want to get started at third base? Sure. Uh, top of the pile, uh, like. Nolan Arenado against Luis Perdomo. That is in San Diego. It's not a good park for right-handed power, but Arenado's one of those guys who I, I don't worry about park too much, uh, especially when you're looking at a guy like Perdomo as the starting pitcher, and then their bullpen's not very good. Uh, it's definitely exploitable. Uh, so I like the Arenado matchup today. Uh, should be a good one. And uh, he, He's often very expensive. Today he's just kind of normal expensive. And that's kind of goes the same for a lot of third basemen. So uh, most of the guys you're going to be looking at all around the same price point. Like Kyle Seeger costs the same. He's up against Mengden. That's another one I like a lot. Uh, I think it's kind of goes without saying. Uh, Mariner stack really makes sense today if you're going to try to force a stack. Like Jose Ramirez up against Tyler Duffy. Uh, he, he's one who I, I like to think he's going to be unpopular, and then I always am proven wrong. Because uh, he, he doesn't have a ton of power, so I figure that you know people will go with the Donaldson or the uh, you know the Arenado play, and instead I see a lot of Jose Ramirez picks, and so uh, it always disappoints me when I think I've gone out of the limb and haven't. Uh, so I, I think that's going to be again today. People are going to go after uh, Ramirez against Tyler Duffy, uh, but yeah. I do like the matchup if you're going Indians. Jose Ramirez reminds me of Sandy Leon, where it's like, as long as he keeps hitting, I gotta keep picking him. Like, I don't know that I believe it, but, alright, like, he hasn't slowed down, he just keeps See, going. See, when I examine the numbers, I, I can't find any reason why Sandy Leon is succeeding. It's just, 
Right. I think it's pure BAFIP. With, with Ramirez, I can see a lot of things. I can. He walks a lot. Him. He has really, really good plate discipline. Yeah. 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 You can watch him and see why he's succeeding too. Yeah. It's not just yeah, it, complete it, smoking mirrors. Yeah, no, not trying to compare the players as much as like I'm surprised. I mean, there's much more to Jose Ramirez, but I maybe not equally surprised, but the same kind of like, wow, I didn't expect this, but mm-hmm. okay, all right, yeah, you know, a little more yeah. believable and and yeah, much more established. And that matchup against Tyler Duffy is you know obviously just fine. Yeah, who else did you like at third, Brad? I really didn't like any of the bargains. About as cheap as I'm looking to go is uh, somewhere around like Anthony Rendon against Jake Thompson or Manny Machado against Michael Fulmer. Yeah. Uh, anything too much less than that. Like, there's a couple brewers I like that cost less. They're up against Carlos Martinez. I feel like that matchup really favors Martinez. In fact, he recently dominated them. So it's uh, it's not one I'm really looking to use. Yeah, and uh, I'm I'm a big doubter of Jose Reyes. I think he's the other guy who's cheaper and might do some stuff today. But you're a doubter. You're not in. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I I have to say I've long disliked Jose Reyes. So sure. it's and he's it's only he's only giving you more reasons to. Yeah, it's one of those situations where you know I watch him play well and I try to be objective about it, but. Uh, now I have many, many reasons to dislike him. Sure. So, not uh, not a popular fellow. Other guys. Not a popular fellow, but he's been hitting well, you know, and against yeah. John Gant. So I wrote him down at third base, you know. Uh, it's an option for sure. It's a fine matchup, and he's doing okay, and he's at the leadoff position so far. So I'm at least thinking about it too, but I can see why you would hesitate. Um, Yancey, who do you have at third base? Obviously, Matt Carpenter, we mentioned him in second base. He's third mm-hmm. base eligible, too. I think that's an elite play. If you're going to get at Jimmy Nelson, like that's who you want to target with. Um, Chris Bryant, obviously, he's basically a play every single day. He's mm-hmm. really, really good at playing baseball. Um, I like Adrian Beltre against Skaggs. Skaggs has been sporadic, and um, obviously, Beltre with the platoon, I just think it's, 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 a, it's a good spot. It's weird seeing Josh Donaldson at only 4,500 in Toronto. Um, obviously, like we know, Porcello has been pretty good this season. Um, it's not like he's unhittable, though, so I don't mind that, especially with that price. And uh, let me see if I had any other punt plays. Oh, Longoria against Pineda. I know it's righty on righty, but Longoria has been smashing the hell out of righties this year. He's actually just had a phenomenal season. Very few lulls within this season. He's been really, really, like, markedly consistent throughout the entire course of the season. But um, uh, that's basically it. I mean, I'm mostly going to be using Carpenter. I'm not going to lie, like, almost every single lineup except for a few one-offs of Chris Bryant and maybe Longoria in tournaments. Um, it all depends on which Pineda we get. I, I don't recommend oh, yeah. stacking the Rays, but, I mean, there's there's always blow-up potential there, and there's always the chance, especially, you know, Pineda going against Tampa Bay, who's one of the worst teams in the last three or four years against right-handed pitching. I mean, I can see it, but I'm not going to go all in, but there's a couple one-off plays at third base I'm going to use, but most likely just paying up for Carpenter. Yeah, Pineda definitely has his meltdowns and gives away his points. You know, I don't think, you know, you mentioned Forsyth, too, as a leadoff guy. I think that is totally a play, especially in Yankee Stadium. Um, I wrote down uh, Jonathan Villar, who may be a shortstop for you, but, you know, plays a bunch at third base. Um, fine with either of them there. He gets Carlos Martinez. I like Carlos Martinez, but... Uh, he does have the weakness to lefties, and VR as a switch hitter can take advantage of that. Um, the only other third baseman we didn't mention, um, my boy Eugenio Suarez getting Stephen Brault. Uh, when it gets a lefty, I'm at least interested. Uh, I have to go check the, the update on 
his homers versus Carlos Correa's homers, which is my thing this year. But he's hanging tight last I checked still, uh, trying to hold on to it down the stretch. But if he gets a lefty, he has a chance of running into one. Uh, he can do that. So uh, I'm thinking about that there. Steven Brault's okay, but nothing special, at least to me so far. Um, Brad, any other third baseman for you we didn't mention? I think we hit most of the names. Okay. Um, on to th- uh, shortstop. You want to get started there? I mentioned VR might still be eligible for you at shortstop, but uh, who else are you looking at there? Yeah, so there, there's a little bit less jumping off the page to me. I, I always like Francisco Lindor, and for most of the year he's been pretty cheap. Today is not one of those days, and I'm probably not going to find 5,100 to roster him. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just... We, we got to save money somewhere, and we've pretty much recommended paying a lot of money at every position but catcher so far. And you're going to be paying a lot for your pitchers too. So uh, looking to save money at shortstop today. Mm-hmm. And uh, now there, there's a few guys who might be able to help you with that. Troy Tulowitzki's pretty affordable up against Rick Porcello. Uh, we've talked about you know Porcello's a good pitcher. He could do fine against the Blue Jays, uh, but some of these prices are such that it makes sense to you know take some one-off stabs uh see if you can get some value out of uh you know a guy who you know maybe doesn't have the best matchup of the day but you know still has plenty of power and can do some damage uh another guy i like uh mostly only for gpps really uh marcus Semyon, uh home run threat up against hishashi iwakuma uh very cheap uh, 2900 that's why i like him it's mm-hmm. not the matchup again it's the price uh, same price, Dan- Dansby Swanson up against Robert uh, Gisselman, uh, however we decide on saying that. <laughs> uh, again, same price uh, situation where you know you have a decent hitter, uh, not someone's going to set the world on fire. Uh, the matchup's better than Iwakuma, but you know still you know guy who's not going to really just roll over and die on you. So it's uh, kind of just cross your fingers and hoping for the best. I have a couple punts there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't blame you for that at all. You know, catcher and shortstop are the places where you can try and save some money. Um, I agree, Yancey. Who'd you have at shortstop? Where are you looking at here? Uh, Lindor is very expensive, but he's a good play. Uh, I don't mind Xander. I don't mind Tulo. Either side of those, as like I said, one or two off plays from each side of the team. Um, I mostly think I'm going to be using Jose Peraza um, with. Billy Hamilton being out, Jose Peraza has been leading off. And, of course, going against Stephen Brault, he has the platoon advantage. He's only 4.1 on DraftKings. So I'm probably going to be using that one a lot. Obviously, he doesn't hit for a ton of power, but gets on base and steals a ton of bags. So it's really, really easy for him to return value on that price. Other than that, I was just looking at the Cubs lineup to see maybe, maybe... Uh, maybe like Addison maybe, Russell? Maybe Addison Russell. I mean, it's righty on righty, yeah. but he'll be batting fifth. I mean, that's... Russell's a good play on FanDuel today. He's twenty five hundred there. Yeah, that's really really cheap. I mean, I'm not in love with that. Um, you're gonna have to pay down just because. I mean, like Brad was saying, every play we're recommending is a little bit more expensive, especially at first and and second. That's basically it. I mean, I I really want to get Lindor in today, but he is super super expensive. I'm probably gonna go with um with Peraza. I think that's just gonna be the play at four point one k. I like that. I, I got a few more. Um, you mentioned Jed Jerko. He's been playing shortstop. If he's eligible for you, wherever you're playing, that's you know that's neat. That's fine. That has the power. Um, do you guys like Brandon Crawford getting Ruby De La Rosa 
uh, in the desert. I mean, Ruby's coming back, not really sure what to expect there, and Brandon Crawford and most of the Giants aren't that exciting lately. They aren't hitting much. Uh, but him going there, getting Ruby or especially getting the D-backs bullpen, that's, you know, that's the, the yeah. exclamation point for me. You can mm-hmm. consider that. Like I said, they've been so flat, though, lately. Um, the sneaky shortstop for me, and not exciting, but uh, Elvis Andrews has just been in his way like crazy against lefties this year, and he gets Tyler Skaggs, who's not like a, you know, real beat-em-up pitcher, but... You know, Elvis Andrews gets a lefty, and I have to at least uh, look at it and think about it. You know, like I said, it might just be Babbitt like crazy, but the numbers he's had against lefties this year at least make me a little more interested in Elvis Andrews than I am typically, which is, you know, not. Um, But him getting a lefty, and also the Angels bullpen makes me go, okay. Uh, In a day that we're digging for options at shortstop. Not, Not, you know, the top of my list excited about, but... Uh, Elvis Andrus is a play when he's usually not, so I'd think about that. Brad, anybody else at you for you at shortstop? No, no, I think we hit them all. Okay, Peraza was the other guy I really liked. Yeah, let's uh, let's get in the outfield because there's plenty. You know, there there usually is plenty. There's lots of places to go. Top of my list was Trey Turner, and we you know checked him off the list at second base. But I agree, if you're gonna play him in the outfield, that's a okay for me. Um, Yancey, who else are you looking at in the outfield today? Because there's plenty. Um, I, I like Washington bats a lot, like I said earlier. So um, Bryce Harper, he's been one of the most frustrating and disappointing players in all of baseball this year, but I don't mind him in this spot. I'll have him in a couple of tournament lineups, I think. Um, any, any any Washington outfielders, really, I think would be on play. Um, I like Polanco with a platoon advantage for Pittsburgh. Uh, Ian Desmond likely batting second with a platoon. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, with the Coors bats, everybody wants to roster Colorado Rockies whenever they're in Coors. I understand that, and I do understand that there is a very negligible uh, Coors Field hangover effect. Whenever they leave Coors Field, they do perform not nearly as well. I just think against Perdomo, the left-handed Coors bats are like in a really neat spot because it's in a bad ballpark. Um, like I said, they're not playing in cores, and they're going to go completely overlooked. So I really like David Dahl. I like Charlie Blackman leading off. I like Carlos Gonzalez. Yep. Um, I think those are like really, really sneaky, you know, sneaky tournament plays. Blackman didn't realize this over the last 30 days. He's, I mean, his OPS is 12.23. Yeah. Um, we all remember like the triple dong game, and then he backed it up with a, you know, a two, a, a double donger the next day. But even despite those games, I mean, he's still just been on an absolute tear. He's a cash game monster, and he has like legit tournament upside. Those are the types of players that I'm always targeting. They hit super high in the lineup. <clears throat> Excuse me. They're almost never, they're never platoon. They're never substitute or anything like that, and they have power and speed. Other than that, my favorite play of the day, just because he's my favorite player, is Corey Dickerson. Um, he has some really, really good BVP stats versus Michael Pineda, which I don't condone. I'm not saying that sure. those are gospel or anything like that. I know it's a very heated topic in daily fantasy, but um, he has had past success with against Michael Pineda. He's a left-handed hitter in Yankee Stadium. I just think it's a really, really good spot for a tournament play. Um, one last play, I, I don't mind Seth Smith leading off against Daniel Mangdon. He's probably going to lead off. He normally does in spots like this. Um, so that's another little tournament play that you could do. Other than that, I mean... um. Uh, Nelson Cruz, uh, I mean, is fine. I think he's one of the highest projected on, on Roto-Grinders. There's a couple other one-off plays, but like I alluded to earlier, I think this is a day where you're not really doing full team stacks at all. You're going to be cherry-picking and just going for platoon advantages in some of the higher projected run totals. Um, I don't think there's going to be... I mean, it's baseball. I mean, stuff always happens anyway, but I don't think there's going to be you know, an 11 or 12 run game out there tonight. I think it's going to be a lot of 5 and 6 run 
uh, team totals and stuff. So you're going to have to be really selective with the pitchers or with the uh, the hitters that you are taking. Um, but those are just a few of the names I have. I would obviously wait for some value to open up if you guys are going to want to pay up for like a Jose Fernandez or something. But uh, those are some of my favorite plays. Yeah, uh, you mentioned the the batter versus pitcher things, which is a hot topic and it's always fun to to bring up. Um, I usually find that stuff uh, interesting, if nothing else. You know, right. sometimes it's fun the the quote unquote fun fact that might be you know pointless, but you're like, yeah, yeah. okay, but like neat, you know. Uh, and I also feel like more information is never bad. So maybe you shouldn't make your decisions based on them. But if you already like Corey Dickerson, you're like. And this is like another checklist yeah. to make me. Or if you're, yeah. or if you're torn between two players in similar spots with yeah. similar prices. Yeah. Hey, you know Corey Dickerson has. Yeah. You know done this against Pineda. You know. Yeah. yeah. It's not my first go-to. I don't instantly click on batter versus pitch and be like, well, let's see. Oh wow, he's two for four against this pitcher. Yeah. Light him up. <laughs> yeah. Jam and, him in. Yeah, and I'm sure you know we're not doing that. You know you. Gosh, you've heard the the post game questions. Why did you start this guy? And the manager goes, "Oh, he, like he had a great record." And you look, and it was you know one game. It was five yeah. at bats or something. And you're like, "That's yeah. not a that's not a record. Like that doesn't count." You know, and nobody wants to set the minimum, but it's well above five at bats or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, well, yeah. well, no, it's uh, it's interesting though. It's it's never bad information, uh, but sometimes it's it's very directly weighted. Um, anyway, uh, Brad, who are you looking at in the outfield? So yeah, I had my eyes on those Rockies hitters too. Uh, something I point out every time lefties are in San Diego, Petco Park isn't actually bad for left-handed power. It's bad for pretty much every other hitting park factor, but left-handed power is still above average. And yeah, Rockies have three power-hitting left-handed hitters. Uh, so I, I don't hate that. Uh, as I mentioned Perdomo's not great. Their bullpen's not good. Uh, so I'll, I'll second that. I also like Mookie Betts. Uh, his price is pretty affordable on DraftKings today uh, up against Marco Estrada. Uh, another one of those situations where I'm probably not loading up on Red Sox, but I'll certainly take Mookie Betts by himself at that price. Mm-hmm. Uh, you could also do Jackie Bradley Jr. too. Uh, he's got enough power to be valuable there. Looking a little deeper, I lost whoever I wanted to talk about next. <laughs> he must not have been that good of a play anyway. Yeah. So, oh, I, I remember <laughs> what I wanted to talk about. It was so so. It's not a pick per se. It's bargains today. Like the sure. guys you'd usually turn to for cheap play, they're, they're not really there right now. Uh, when lineups come out, there's going to be some people that you know, jump to the four. Uh, but right now, planning ahead at noon East Coast time right now. It's just not – there's nothing out there to use. Uh, so for, for the early plan, you're going to be thinking about using pretty much brand-name players. Uh, the cheapest guy I really pulled up was A.J. Pollock. He's up against Madison Bumgarner. Uh, weird thing, uh, Saberson kind of thinks Bumgarner is going to have a really bad day against the Diamondbacks. Uh, they're, they're good at a lefty-mashing team, and I mm-hmm. think maybe the simulator's overreacting to that because Bumgarner is who he is. <laughs> Uh, but at the same time, Pollock has, and I'll turn to some BVP data, uh, 755 OPS against Bumgarner. Uh, that's over 43 plate appearances, so it's not nothing. Uh, it's actually the his most faced pitcher by over 20 plate appearances. So, you know, that, it's something to consider. He's 3,100 on DraftKings. Uh, I think he's 3,000 on FanDuel, uh, somewhere around there. So cheap both sites. And, uh, you know, he's a talented player, so he can still get away with, uh, you know, some hits against Bumgarner. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I like that. Uh, D-backs do have a lot of guys that can hit lefties, but I don't wasn't brave enough to take any of them against Bumgarner. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel the same way. Uh, yeah. Saberson really loves Ricky Weeks today, and Yasmani Tomas, and he, even you Paul Goldschmidt. Just that I, well, I and Castillo. Really you can do it. Uh, I'm not doing it, but you can do it. It might come into play if you're thinking about Bumgarner. Um, but but yeah. Um, I had, I tried to get some cheap names. Um, my expensive ones first, uh, JD Martinez gets Kevin Gosman. This is another righty that's hit righties against a righty that struggled with righties. Um, again, Gosman's been hot, so I'm thinking twice, but if you want to go JD Martinez, Miguel Cabrera, like, it's not going to shock me. Uh, I think it's, it's a tough matchup for Gosman. Um, Andrew McCutcheon's shown signs of life, and more importantly, he gets Tim Edelman in the Reds bullpen. Um, if you want to go with him and, you know, other pirates you like, you mentioned Polanco, but McCutcheon's, you know, looked a little bit better. It's still in the heart of the lineup. Um, you could do that. Uh, I wrote Dexter Fowler getting Joe Musgrove. If you want the, you know, Cubs players, he's a good part of that. Um, I have Chris Davis getting Iwakuma, just looking for a homer. Um, I have, you know, I kind of like some of these Padres outfielders. Uh, they have left-handed guys like Travis Jankowski and Alex Dickerson, and they get Tyler Chatwood and, Maybe more importantly, the Rockies bullpen. And think about that. But if I want to get a little bit deeper, um, I have Ender Enciarte getting Robert Gisselman, Gisselman. However, we're not going to come to a conclusion today. But um, <laughs> he's been good since he's been back too, uh, quietly, and he doesn't do it in you know flashy ways like homers or anything. But Ender Enciarte at the top of the the Braves uh, lineup can can make a difference, get you some points. Um, and then my last name on my list, I believe, is uh, Scott Shebler getting Stephen Brault. Um, that's lefty on lefty, I think, but I'm still a little bit interested there just because Stephen Brault's nothing special. I mean, I guess you can go Adam Duvall, maybe, uh, righty on lefty, but um, Brad, are you a Scott Shebler guy in general, and would you take him against Brault at all? I've mostly shied away from Shebler. I... <laughs> He might not get the start he's, against the lefty. He's kind of a, a fourth outfielder to me, and mm-hmm. so I, I tend to kind of put them in their own bucket mentally for me. It's, mm-hmm. it's just someone that I, I discount a little too much sometimes, especially when they're starting. And, uh, yeah, I, I expect him to lose the job at some point, and for some reason that sure. affects how I approach using them. Sure. And for contests of this size, it's not a big issue. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, like, mildly interested in him. It might not be the best matchup, but he's, like, shown signs of life at times where you're like, okay, like, if you squint, there's, like, a third uh, third outfielder there and uh, Scott Shebler. Yeah. Um, was there any other outfielders for you, if you, like, didn't get mentioned that you want to look at? Cameron Mabin, if you're thinking about using any Tigers, I would pair him with Mabin, who's cheap on both sites. Mm-hmm. Uh, hits ahead of him, gets on base a lot. A high backup guy. I think, again, if you're using a Tiger, you chain him with a with Mabin and uh, you know, hope you get more value out of it that way. Sure. That that was one of the main one as ones I was looking at. There's one other, and again, it's kind of slipped off my list. I'll I'll chime in when I find him again. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, oh, I, I see him, Chris Davis. Always Chris Davis. Anytime he's cheap. Uh, the Chris with a K, by the way. Sure. Yeah. He's up against Yokuma today. He's like pretty much the top double homer threat. Oh yeah, I like him. Yeah, and against Iwakuma, I'm fine with that. Yancey, were there any uh, outfitters couldn't leave behind? Nope, that's it. Cool. Let's get into these pitchers. There's a ton. Um, we'll try and check off the obvious ones off the the top. Uh, Clayton Kershaw's back. He's going to Miami. He gets Jose Fernandez. Is the worst part about these two matchups that they're against each other? 
for you, Brad? Is that the hesitation? Here? That is not the worst part for me. The okay. worst part is Kershaw is going to have some unknown pitch count. Yeah. Uh, it could be as low as 60. It could be as high as, like, 90. But it's going to be a pitch count. It's going to restrain him to, you know, no more than seven innings, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Jose Fernandez hasn't pitched more than seven innings once this year. Yeah, and that's, that's a hard pitch count. It's or... an un, Yeah, it's yeah. an unstated rule by now. You know, it's we, we know it's just something they're not going by. They're talking about shutting him down soon, too. Yeah. Uh, there are probably a couple losses from saying, hey, you're done. So they're both guys who are constrained and super expensive still. Yeah, can't do it. Got to gotta pass on, on their prices. <laughs> I, yeah, at, at their price point, especially on DraftKings, uh, 13500 for Kershaw, 12700 for Fernandez. Yeah. I'd much rather take a shot at like a Bumgarner for way less money, Sure, and he can throw a complete game. Yep. Uh, I want a complete game if I'm paying that much money. Yep, and at least the option of one, the potential yeah. for one. Knowing that. that you can't get it is too much. Um, you mentioned Bumgarner. That's an, uh, there's enough lefty matches on that team for me to think twice, but I don't think you're crazy for doing it by any means, um, obviously. Um, how about you, Darvish, getting the Angels? Is that a green light for you? Oh, yeah, big green light. He seems to be cut loose. Uh, he's gone over – he's gone 99 or more pitches in four of his last five outings, I think it is. Mm-hmm. And that that's enough for me to say, you know, go ahead. Uh, if he has a better command day than he usually does, he ends up throwing eight innings with, you know, 12 strikeouts. And yeah. You're golden. Are we staying away from Fulmer getting the Orioles or are there enough red flags there to – stay away it's a gpp play yeah uh, he he shouldn't be super popular from you know so you're going some people who look at the numbers and his, the recent performance say i don't want any part of that some people are going to be afraid of the orioles uh orioles do roll over sometimes mm-hmm. so they'll, they'll just magically turn in these terrible days 14 strikeouts and you know no production against otherwise beatable pitchers they know and, how to live. Uh, yeah, Palmer can have his good days. Four starts to go through a complete game against the Rangers. Sure. Uh, so um, he, he's it, up, got upside. Yeah. Is uh, is John Lester at ace level for you? He gets the Astros, and they have some guys again at lefties, but is he high enough up there for you? Yeah, I, I consider an ace. Uh, the downside, I suppose, is just he, he's not quite as flashy as a lot of the big names out there. Mm-hmm. And I end up staying away from a lot for – there's always a different reason. Uh, you mentioned today they got the Astros. They're volatile. They can hit a good pitcher. They can turn in a terrible day. Uh, so for for me right now, the issue with Lester is more price than the matchup, though. Yeah. Uh, he's 12100 on DraftKings, and I'm just going to have a really hard time finding that money. Okay. Are you thinking about Danny Salazar getting the Twins? That, that's what I'm thinking about, especially for GPPs. Uh, I also have half a mind to stack twins and say maybe this is one of those days Salazar throws 2.2 innings and yeah. you know, it, it's a non-game. He's a, he's it's a, a solid GPP option. He's a he's a volatile guy, we'll say, but uh, there's upside there. Um, yeah. th- those are the big aces for me. Uh, Yancey, did you have any you know specific you know concerns or thumbs up or thumbs down about any of them? Um, I will say that I, I don't really see the upside with you, Darvish. Um, he's been a little volatile the last couple of starts. And Los Angeles, for as bad as they are, they do not strike out a lot. You no. know, Escobar, Escobar does not strike out a lot. Obviously, Mike Trout, Robert Pujols don't. Colt Calhoun doesn't strike out a lot. I just don't. I mean, it's fine as a cash game play because it's not like he's egregiously expensive. He's only 9800 But 
Um, in tournaments, I don't think the upside is there. Um, I don't mind Madison Bumgarner as a tournament play at all. Obviously, we know that there are a bunch of lefty masters on the Diamondbacks, and it's in Arizona, so there's a downgrade in the ballpark there. But I just think that he's going to go super, super overlooked. And mm-hmm. as far as Clayton Kershaw and Jose Fernandez goes, what's really weird, obviously, is we do know that Clayton Kershaw is on some sort of pitch count, and we do know that Jose Fernandez never pitches past the seventh inning. Yet, despite that, the Vegas total is still only at six and a half runs. So they're they're projecting to be an incredibly low-scoring game. Um, I, I want to think that Vegas knows something that we don't hear, that you know maybe they you know portend Jose Fernandez and Clayton Kershaw each striking out just an insane amount of batters. But it would be fine if Clayton Kershaw's price adjusted. If he were at you know, 9,800 or 10,500, I would kind of be okay with that because I'll still take six or seven innings of Clayton Kershaw over almost anybody else. But they didn't adjust his price at all, which makes no sense to me for a guy that missed, you know, two months of baseball. Other than that, for the big names, I don't really see any issues. There's some other plays that I do like that are a little bit cheaper, though. Yeah, Uh, let's let's try and dig a little bit deeper. Um, The one sticking out to me, Carlos Martinez getting the Brewers. Uh, the Brewers whiff like crazy, don't handle righties that well. Carlos Martinez has allowed five runs in his past four starts. Uh, any hesitation there for you, Yancey? Uh, no, I think Carlos Martinez is going to be kind of like my building block pitcher. I'll have him in probably every single cash and tournament lineup. Um, you, you gave the, uh, what was it, five run runs and four starts, his last yeah, four starts? He's been good. Yeah, in his last three starts against the Brewers, he's only allowed two earned runs. Mm-hmm. Um, so he absolutely destroys this team. Of course, they might get you know a one-off home run. It's probably going to be somebody like Kirk Newenhouse or something. <laughs> um, but uh, it's it's an absolutely elite play. I love the built-in floor there. I don't mind using them at all. I think he's almost guaranteed for a win. So almost all of my lineups are going to have him in it. Yeah. yeah. The last time we faced the Brewers, 13 of the 18 outs he recorded were strikeouts. Yeah. Yeah. They whiff a lot. Has their number. <laughs> they they whiff a lot. Yeah. I'm into the, that. The only reason I'm considering not using Carlos Martinez is because I think everyone else will. <laughs> yeah. It might be too good of a matchup in that sense. Yeah. Um. How about uh Tanner Roark getting the Phillies? Is that a green light for you, Brad? That should be just fine. Yeah. It's. The matchup should be pretty much an auto win, uh, especially on FanDuel where you get 12 points for that. That's very important. Uh, he, he's a little less interesting to me on DraftKings just because he's priced right around. He's priced between you Darvish and Danny Salazar, and I, I, I tend to like them more as GPP plays just because right. they tend to have more fantasy upside. Uh, Roark can throw pretty deep into a game. You're not usually going to get many strikeouts from him, though. Yeah. And that uh, that does limit his ceiling a little bit. Yep. Uh, there's a couple of Phillies hitters, too, that are fly ball guys, and that matches up poorly with Roark. I could see that, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, all right, how about Kevin Gosman, though? So three straight scoreless starts. He's been hot. Clearly has a lot of potential. This is a terrible matchup for him, though, right? He's a righty that struggles with righties and gets the Tigers. Mm-hmm. Uh even though he's been hot, are you guys staying away? I think I'm staying away. Yeah, I'm staying away too. There, there's too many options. You know, it's it, it's a small slate. I say, sure, I'll I'll take it take a dive on this, see if it works out. Yeah. Uh, but with all these alternatives, uh, it, it's too easy to just go with Roark instead. Yeah. Or Carlos Rodon, Rodon Ventura. Yeah. These are all better matchups and similar quality pitchers. Yeah, I had Rodon written down too. I'm just playing not scared of the Royals anymore. Is that a okay matchup with you? Had some downside, but he could do stuff there, right? Yeah, both Rodon and Ventura are pitching very well in the second half. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one thing I'm looking out for, uh, Storm's on the on the forecast in Chicago, 
And it's also Chicago. You have cellular fields that are a place you really want to target pitchers. Yeah. Um, dig into the bottom of my list if you want to get real cute. Um, what about this uh, Blake Snell-Michael Pineda matchup? I mean, the Rays struggle with righties, and Pineda gets a strikeout, so that's like, a, that's like an extreme GPP play for me to try and trust uh, Pineda. And Snell gets enough strikeouts, and the Yankees aren't that scary. Yancey, are you considering either of these guys in this matchup? Earlier this morning when I was first doing my research, I, I mean, I've basically been streaming pitchers against, you know, right-handed pitchers against the Rays for the last two or three months. And I want to say, yeah, put Pineda in because the Rays are really, really bad. But um, in his last six starts, he has only reached six innings three times. Yeah. Um, obviously, his ERA is north of five. His whip is just, you know, astronomical. I mean, this is one of those things where if you're playing some really low entry tournaments, um, I want to say that the K upside is there, but even looking at his game logs, this is his strikeout totals from the last 10 games. Four, eight, six, two, three. I mean, for somebody who we, we all talk about the, the K upside there, he, he doesn't really have a, like a consistent strikeout portfolio. So mm-hmm. if you're building 10 lineups, sure, throw throw Pineda in one of them. I think Blake Snell has a little bit more uh, built-in upside um, he's, I mean, a couple hundred dollars cheaper, but he's not going to go deep into the game either. Both of these plays feel like the the upside to win a tournament just isn't there. I mean, I can understand it for you know for roster relief and something if you want to dip down into a starting pitcher that is in the seven thousand range. But both of them have like inherent warts where they're not going to pitch deep and they're going to give up walks. So I, in in cash games, perhaps in tournaments, I'm I'm probably actually going to just completely fade them because I don't think they have that upside to to kind of get you over to the top where you need to be. Sure. Yeah, I was trying to squint real hard. Like, I like Rick Porcello and I like Marco Estrada, but again, that matchup on both sides is kind of like a gray area for me to be like, I don't, I can't do that in Toronto. Uh, if we're looking at a field of streams picks for Matt and I, I had to get real deep here to pick some of these. I'm going to, I mentioned earlier, I like Robert Gesellman just because he's getting the Braves, and that's really it. He's been okay, and it's the Braves, and I'm hoping they're punchless. I don't have a lot of faith in that, but I'm I'm streaming him there. Matt's taking Tyler Skaggs, getting the Rangers, which is a tougher matchup, but definitely a more interesting pitcher. Um, I don't know if either of these guys fit to DFS like they do for streaming, um, just in terms of upside. Um, Brad, were there any other pitchers on here that you were interested in, DFS-wise? Iwakuma's the other guy. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's the last guy, he's about as cheap as I'm willing to go, I think. Yeah. Uh, none, none of the other guys are really viable below him. But at 6,500, he occasionally throws deep into a game. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes he throws eight, nine innings and shuts down the opponent. And the athletics for, you know, all, all the power they have at certain parts of their lineup you know, aren't really a scary offense. So, uh, you know, Iwakuma could have one of those days where he you know, gets through everything, uh, pitches efficiently, and puts up a big point total. Yeah, I like that. That's a fine matchup for him, you know, especially a guy that can go deep. Um, Yancey, were there any other pitchers for you for Friday? Uh, just one. Julio Tehran gets the Mets. Um, I I know that his price is elevated. He's ten thousand seven hundred just because his last two starts were against Philly and the Padres, and he scored twenty seven and twenty eight points in each of those last two. So it kind of sucks because like the the two games prior to that was at Arizona and against Washington, and he got absolutely destroyed. He scored two point nine and nine point nine points. So there's obviously the volatility caked in against you know really really just you know cookie matchups he's done extremely well i don't think the mets are what you would consider like an absolutely lock lineup um or lock matchup so i i want to be cautious i 
I acknowledge that he is overpriced, but in a you know a slate like this where you're really struggling, you're kind of grasping for straws, especially to be different because everybody's going to be gravitating towards the same plays. You know, everybody's going to have Carlos Martinez. Everybody's going to have Tanner Roark. Um, I think it'd be a, a nice way to actually pay up to be contrained is to go with Tehran. I'm, I'm not in love with it. I'm definitely not using him in cash, but it, as you know, for a tournament play, I think it's something I can do. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Against... I, I like that. Uh, I'm not a big fan of Tehran's Ter- matchup today. Uh, well, I'm not a big fan of Tehran. I, I like the matchup just fine. I just don't think much of him as a pitcher, really. Uh, mm-hmm. But I, I do like the idea of overpaying for guys sometimes, so especially mm-hmm. in GPPs. Yeah. The, that's the thing with DFS. Is we all want bargains. There's <laughs> often not bad picks because the worst picks are the ones other people don't make, and then therefore they can twist their way into helping yeah. you out. Yeah. Um, all right, let's take a quick peek at Saturday and Sunday before we get out of here. On Saturday, um, I like Seth Lugo as my Field of Streams pick. Not only does he get Atlanta, he has those crazy spin rates that made him a little bit of a an interesting guy, and I think he's competent enough. Maybe not a stud, but to handle the Braves. And uh, Matt Matt's pick has taken John Gray in San Diego uh, away from core is definitely a, an interesting guy to to go with. Um, also, the return of Drew Hutchison is pitching for the uh, the Pirates. Uh, he gets the Reds. I just want to say Drew Hutchison's name because I haven't seen him in a while, and it's fun to see uh, Drew Hutchison come back. That and uh, Rich Hill is scheduled to start against the Marlins, and I always love Rich Hill. We'll see if he gets pushed off by then or not, but uh, I like that. Um, Brad, was there anybody on Saturday that stuck out to you at all when you just scanned the the lineups or the matchups? Yeah, I wanted to see the Stevenson-Hutchinson matchup. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stevenson, before his last outing, I just got done ripping on him for not inducing whiffs in his first two appearances. Uh, then he went and struck out nine, and now I'm interested again. All right. <laughs> so... Uh, he, he's one of those guys, I, I think there's going to be a lot of bumps in the road for him, but I, I, I want to get a better sense of where his stuff sits and where his ceiling might be. Yeah. Um, Yancey, did the Saturday uh, schedule offer anything that made you raise your eyebrow or anything? Uh, well, I mean, you mentioned the StatCast darling, Seth Lugo. Um, I picked him up in a couple leagues, and then he had that one good start, and I dropped him, and I thought I was so smart, and then I wasn't very smart. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I'm going to be watching happens. him a little bit. Yeah, yeah it happens. It's, it's the curse of streaming. You're always going to have a couple of those a year. Yeah. yeah. He's an interesting guy. Max Scherzer also gets the Phillies, which is always worth uh, at least keeping an eye on, because good things it's worth can a happen. Chuckle. <laughs> it, yeah. always, it always seems like one of those like all-in scenarios, but I cannot tell you how many times... I mean, obviously this is like selection bias, and it's you know, it's recency bias on my part because I, I over-exaggerate things that happen to me personally. But, like, the last three or four times I've used Max Scherzer, he was just in just this in, insanely good spot. Like, he's he's at home against the Phillies, and he gets, I don't want to say lit up, but just drastically underperforms. You oh, remember, yeah. like, last year, like, it kept he, he happening with, like, Chris Sill. <laughs> Sorry, what's that, Brad? I so say he gets lit up for him. He puts up 20 points instead of 40. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, well, like, the floor is there, but, like, you're watching it's, like, you gave up four runs to the Phillies, or like last year with Chris Sale against the Twins. How like every time Chris Sale played the Twins, like he's just getting just dusted. Doesn't make sense. I, I mean, I'm gonna look forward to that, seeing yeah. if he can just actually have a a good game against you know the the worst team in the league. Yeah, he has a crazy high ceiling for sure. Uh, makes him pretty interesting. 
Um, and then glancing at Sunday, um, I'm going to try and ride uh, Brandon Finnegan being pretty decent lately, and he gets uh, the Pirates, and he's still under 50% on, so I'm streaming him there. And Matt is taking James Paxton, getting the Oakland, which, which I'm fine with as well. Um, other than that, things to be excited about. Aaron Sanchez getting the Red Sox opposite Clay Buckholes starting again in Toronto. Because that, you know, he did fine in San Diego, so let's send him to Toronto. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll see. Uh, Bartolo, this is fine. Yeah. Bartolo <laughs> Colon gets Atlanta. Yeah. Um, yeah, against a rival, sorry, back to Clay Buckles in Toronto, against who they're up against in this playoff race. Uh, they're real tight with them. But that's who you got. Um, yeah, Bartolo Colon opposite Williams Perez. I mean, that's a streaming Bartolo Colon matchup getting the Braves. I'm fine with that. Um, I mean, Corey Kluber uh, getting the Twins is worth watching as well. Um, but uh, Brad, anybody sticking out to you on Sunday's slate? Uh, there's not a ton sticking out to me. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm semi-interested to see how Adam Morgan does against the Nationals. He's made some adjustments. Uh, he, he's never going to be a really interesting guy. It's just more of a he's someone I've had my eye on for a long time and identified a few ways in which he might succeed and he seems to be showing some signs of making those particular adjustments so I feel a little bit of stake involved uh, having picked him out as someone who might you know, go from being a complete dumpster fire to actual rotation material mm-hmm. um, Yancey, anybody stick out to you on Sunday? Yeah, the Buccaneers play the Falcons Okay, sure, it's, it's football day <laughs> Yeah, Yancey's out. It's September. It's, yeah, sorry guys. I mean, this will be the first weekend in several months where I don't just watch baseball all day. But sure. yeah, it's opening weekend, so I'm gonna be watching some football. Sure. Your boy uh, Matt Moore goes to Arizona, and that's a lefty. I'm probably avoiding there as well in terms of being in in the desert against those mashers. It'd be a little tough. Yeah, um, for sure. Football day. That's fair. I don't blame you at all there. Um, all right, well, that should about do it for us. Sorry for the late start today. Um, run a little long, but Yancey is on Twitter, at Yancey Eaton. I want to say thanks for joining us, Yancey. Glad you can get in here one more time before uh, end of September, before we fully lose you to football, for sure. <laughs> yeah, uh, for sure. Brad is on Twitter, at Baseball A-Team. Uh, Brad writing about Dynasty stuff, DFS stuff. What, what else you got going on, Brad? Uh got a fiction project I'm spinning up. Uh, that, that's not something you'll see for many years if it gets anywhere at all. Is it baseball related? <laughs> but, what a tease. Is it yeah. baseball? <laughs> just, just hang on for a couple couple three to five years. You, you'll get something. <laughs> is, it, is it baseball fiction or is it No, it's fiction? not baseball fiction. Oh, okay. Brad's starting a writing project? Yeah. It's, it's off in a very different direction. <laughs> that's cool. That's cool to hear. Uh, but don't follow you on Twitter for that? No, no, I'm, I'm not tweeting about it on Twitter. Uh, so uh, maybe someday in the future. Yeah, uh, that's cool. I'm excited for three to five years from now to hear more about that. Yeah, uh, that should do it for us. Um, I'll be back on Monday with Matt. As always, I'm on Twitter at HigginsFOS. And yeah, love to hear from you guys. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. Thanks again to Yancey and Brad. And uh, have a good weekend. Enjoy your baseball. Thank you for listening to the Field of Streams podcast. For more fantasy baseball analysis, visit fangraphs.com slash fantasy or follow us on Twitter at Rotographs.